Britain's Conversation. This is a podcast from LBC. James O'Brien. Oh, welcome. Mystery Hour. Four minutes after 12 is the time, and this is your weekly opportunity to achieve the source of satisfaction not ordinarily available anywhere else on your radio dial, or indeed anywhere else in your life. Uh, because there are so many very clever and informed people listening to this programme that they will be able to answer whatever query it is you have. Um, It's fun. It is a game. It's the nearest we ever get, really, on the programme to sort of messing about. But it does have a serious purpose. Um, It was conceived as an attempt to celebrate education long before, actually. um, It shows how long we've been doing it. Long before you could Google everything, everything. You could already find answers to questions via technology that would once have demanded a degree of knowledge or an ability to actually use reference books. And part of me misses that world, although I acknowledge that we are progressing away from it. I still want to, I do this as a parent, celebrate knowledge. Knowing stuff is just good, especially if, if you're com- conversing with people or debating. Knowledge is really, really good. And it will come back into fashion again, even though it's at our fingertips. In terms, I, I mean, th- another example today, you know, for me, the best example of how we've denigrated knowledge and expertise to an, an unbelievable degree is the tragic case of little Charlie Gard, who, who um, got sort of his calls taken up by chances and, and, and spivs uh, to the point where people were sending death threats to doctors at the best children's hospital in the world because they'd been persuaded by these popping jays that the doctors didn't have the boy's best interests at heart that's where anti-intellectualism leads you Um, and you see it a bit today with the security services who aren't obviously an intellectual body but the idea that you watching the news especially if russia today is part of your diet might end up with a better idea of what's gone on in salisbury than the security services and the government have done and no i appreciate they don't always tell us the truth it does rather suggest that we're, we're living in a country now where there's no point having qualifications to do jobs or speak um you'll all be going to the uh, supermarket next time you need a doctor's appointment if we carry on like this so that's why i like knowledge um although that's a slightly highfalutin way oh thank god for that the first questions i don't need now to um backtrack and explain how it's actually quite funny the first question will do that for us uh the number you need is oh three four five six oh six oh nine seven three it's a fairly straightforward exercise in celebrating knowledge you ring in with a question that needs an answer somebody else rings in with the required answer oh three four five six oh six oh nine seven three is the number 1207 is the time ian is in red hill ian question or answer uh question james how you doing the, uh, the, well, the question is, I live next to a couple of lakes, and uh, obviously with this really, really cold weather we've been having, they've all frozen over, uh, thawed now, but, uh, but while they were frozen, all of the ducks and swans and geese and everything were sat on top, and for hours and hours and hours at a time, overnight, obviously, and, 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 all that. and my question is, if you or I were to do it, we would get frostbite and wouldn't be able to move our feet. Uh, why doesn't that happen to them? It's not just ducks. It's all birds. Or well, uh, most birds. Yeah, many, yeah, many, well, many other birds. I, I see ducks down there. I mean, I'm, Well, penguins, I'm, mate. Think about penguins. I think it's cold for the ducks yeah, yeah, where you yeah. are. What about the, the penguins? The whole lot. Yeah. They're, they're warm-blooded animals. Uh, they presume, you know, they've got feeling in their feet, which means there's nerves and all of that. So, Do you know why? why I, I, I know this. It has been asked before. It's a bit of a hardy perennial, but I like it. And, and my explanation of it is probably going to offend the biologists um, and the veterinarians. But it's it, it, birds have an astonishing um blood system if that's already not a 
untechnical term. It's almost as if they, it's almost as if they've got built-in air conditioning. So you know our system of pumping blood around our, our bodies via the heart down to our extremities, the veins. Yeah. Yeah. They have um, on top of that, they have a sort of that really fine arteries. There's a there's a posh Latin phrase for it, but I can't remember the word for net. I know it's mirabile, so it's wonderful net. Right. You, do you know the Latin for net? Where's Jacob Rees-Mogg when you need him? Yeah. And that carries cold. The, the the cold blood away from the feet and the warm blood down from the heart. So th- the answer is their blood system, but I've explained it like like a headmistress of five international schools from Frankfurt might have done. <laughs> so it's not sort of like they've got some sort of, you know, for want of a better term, antifreeze in, you know, in their blood. No, or, it's nothing you know. in the blood. It's all in how the blood is transported around the body. So, so, the, so the, the blood from the heart makes its way really quickly through these really fine arteries in a way that, that warms up the blood coming into the vein, the blood that's cooling down in the veins in their feet, in their extremities. So think of it like a coolant, a cooling system, air conditioning, blood right. conditioning, blood conditioning system, blood I would conditioning. call it. Okay. Yes. No? Yeah. Rete. Rete. R-E-T-E. That's the Latin word for net. Rete mirabile, my friend. Rete mirabile. I, yeah. Uh, so, you, so that's <laughs> Air conditioning for your feet is what keeps them from freezing them. Well, no, it's rete mirabile. Yeah. It's yeah. a net of arteries that, that, that pumps hot blood yeah. around the body in a way that cools the cold blood in the veins. And because it's moving that much more quickly, it doesn't run the risk of cooling itself when it's next to the veins that are cold. It's pumping back but, into the heart again. Net is the word you want. N-E-T, net. It's like a net of arteries that surrounds the, the veins. I mean, I, I, I don't know. I, I can't I've do any better Chinese. than this. No, I know. But, I mean, I've eaten Chinese food, and one of the delicacies is, uh, is, is chicken's feet, actually. Is it? And, they, and, and having done that, there doesn't appear to be this vast net of arteries within the feet. They're, I mean, they're, they're pretty bony. It's very, very thin skin. I, I don't know. Well, I'm not. I'm not. I'm. You're not allowed to argue with me. I've just given you biology and Latin. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I don't. I don't, I don't know. To, to be fair, you don't sound as impressed as I thought you might. No, I'm not. I'll be honest. But I, but I'm right, and I remembered the Latin words. But that's, that, well, that's impressive. But Jacob Rees Mogg says a few Latin words, and people vote to lead the country into economic oblivion. <laughs> mirabile. Rete mirabile. What? As if this is happy times, you can't talk about... Uh, I, I'm having a round... No, you're right, I'll park it. I'll take the yeah. round of applause instead yeah. as we change the subject. I promise you, I swear to you, Latin and kind of nets. Collins in Stafford. Colin, I don't know if I'll be able to scale those dizzy heights of intellectual insight again, but I'll do my best for you. What's your question? <laughs> if you can answer this, it'll jack you up a whole notch in my estimation. <laughs> If you ever watch um, live football on the um, on the TV, on the Sky Sports channels or the BT Sports channels, it only happens with football as far as I know, there's a figure of 10 or 11 digits appears at random across the top of the TV screen. It normally stays there for several minutes and then just vanishes again. And it reappears several times during the course of a football match. And... Me, myself, and other people... I've never noticed it. Haven't you? No. Are you watching it legally? Oh, yeah. Yeah, of course, yeah, (laughs) absolutely. And it doesn't matter whether it's cable TV or someone's got, you know, the satellite thing on the side of the house. It's the same. So you've got the score of the football match over the left-hand side or whatever it is, but this figure, this number of 10 to 11 digits just appears... 
Oh, I don't know. No, I've got no idea. So I'm going to have to stay wherever I was in your estimation. So you don't know it? I don't know, mate, no. I mean, for people who are new to this, I'm not supposed to answer everything. It's just when I've had two hours of Brexit, I feel the need to flex other muscles. I will I will try to stop. I mean, the idea is someone else will ring in with the answer. But I was right about the Mirabile Rete. Rete Mirabile. <laughs> I imagine what you've described has something to do with subscriptions and public performances. You know, how you get the pint really? pot in the... Yeah, maybe, because they've got to find a way of whether or not, A, you've paid for it, and B, you're allowed to show it to other people in public. But then again, I've just said I'm not going to try and answer everything, and I've just offered up a fairly yeah. rubbish answer to your question in the same breath. <laughs> well, it's certainly... Uh, I mean, I pay for mine legitimately. I mean, yes, I, and I you've noticed... I've never clocked it. it. All right, you're on. OK? Fair play to you. Fair play to you. Thank you, Colin. 12.13 is the time. What's that big long number on the telly when Colin's watching the footy? Um, Ellie is in Camden. Ellie, question or answer? Question, please, James. Carry on, Ellie. Um, why do people... Some people have bad breath in the morning and some people don't have bad breath, even though they wash their teeth at the same time, eat the same food. Something like. well, I don't know if you ate exactly the same food, you'd have a big distinction between two different people. If you had something really pungent like garlic, I think you'd know about it, whoever it was. But usually, oh, mate, I'm supposed to not be answering stuff and you've given me an open well, goal. The thing is, the what? Thing is, um, me and my boyfriend, we eat the same food every night and we wash our teeth at the same time and, and go to bed. he's rancid. I was the other way around. <laughs> it's you, Ellie. You're the one with yeah. a breath like the bottom of a budgie it's cage not, every morning. It's not that bad, but it's not pleasant. And he, I mean, to me, he, his breath smells fine. Obviously, we both wash our teeth and brush our teeth in the morning. Well, then, the, then uh, you, the chances are that you might have some sort of gum disease or... Um, I asked my dentist and he said they look fine. Oh. I was worried. So, so just so to be clear, you've asked your them. dentist already and then you thought you'd ring me. Your faith is touching. I said, I said, is there anything wrong with my gums? And he said, no, they look fine. I said, why have I got bad breath? I just, I, this was a while ago. But yeah. I don't remember what he said about it. And right. what did he say? Well, he gave me some antibiotics, but oh. nothing happened. Well, I, I mean, I, I, I can't really, I, I'm not, even I'm not going to cast myself as more knowledgeable about gobs than your dentist. I know, but I was just wondering if somebody out there is, you know, like You're on, okay, no, you're would... on, all right, bad breath. Um, why? Thank you. Um, no, you're welcome. Although I'm not sure, once you've ruled out food, that there's much left except some sort of infection or, 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 or disease or a sort of rotting tooth, but you'd know about that. You're listening to a podcast of James O'Brien from LBC. I have to say, it's, it's chilling, that video of the Nottingham Trent University student um, just recording the racist abuse that was being shouted outside her door in our university halls of residence. Um, I... I, I kind of saw it on twitter earlier and it didn't register properly i don't know why i was probably a bit distracted um you should dig that story out it's shocking absolutely shocking uh, back to mystery 19 minutes after 12 the viewing card number oh i've just given away the answer oops i'll pretend that i didn't say that uh what's that number in the corner of colin's screen when he's watching the footy uh, and why is it there and why does ellie have such bad breath hey it, 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 she asked the question i'm not doing her a di- even on international women's day i think it's important to respect people equally if a bloke rang in and described himself as having minging breath and i wouldn't i wouldn't sugar the pill when i was reiterating the the point of the question jane's in ealing jane happy international women's day thank you very much james you're, you're very welcome question or answer um, it is a question. Yes. And the question is, um, so, uh, what what is it in humans, the sort of physiological thing that makes us 
kind of really hate a um, squirm or certain sounds like, you know, scratching your nails against the uh, chalkboard. But also, in, in addition to that, um, like, would someone that had never seen someone scrape their nails on a chalkboard feel that as well? Yes. Feel horror? Yes. Or do you have to kind of have... I don't think you have to have done it yourself because there are other noises that you can't do, like metal scraping metal that you wouldn't have actually felt yourself. Like, why, why the noises make you cringe? I can understand fear, but... I, I know this. Oh, Okay. Uh, probably because we've had it before. I, I, we've got, I've got such young new colleagues now that the idea of avoiding repetition of questions is becoming impossible, which does two things. It, it, I mean, it, it, it's good in a way because it gives the feature a longer life, but it also opens the door to me being able to have a crack at almost everything because I, I know this, and so do you. If you think so, 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 so do you. If you think about it. Well, no, because I think I have thought about it. And yeah, I but you need a better teacher. I, I know a woman in Frankfurt who might be able to help you. Okay, go on, I'll refute it. Okay, ready? Mm-hmm. What, in evolutionary terms, noises should disturb us the most? If you consider that the most important thing we can do as human beings is reproduce. Um, uh, animals? No, what, 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 what should concern us the most? Well, the noise of an animal. No, if, if our primary evolutionary purpose is to procreate and to, to, to mm. create more lives, what mm. should we be evolutionary programmed to respond to, to be spooked by, to find really unpleasant, to, 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 to fix? I don't know. It's a crying baby. Oh, okay. So fingernails on a blackboard and other similarly high-pitched noises hit an identical pitch or, or are in the same realms of sound as crying babies and also human screams. So that that's why it, it, it sends shivers down your spine so much. No, but so this, you see, this is where I this is what I thought about, and that it's not it's not a fear thing. It's a kind of like. It's yeah, it's a discomfort that you that that, okay. that that prompts you to act. So if you hear if you hear a baby screaming in the night, there's something about it that means you can't ignore it in the way that you can ignore a barking so, dog. So if you went if you went to a place and someone had never heard someone scraping their nails down a blackboard, mind you, not everyone doesn't like it. I was going to say, would, would they? Yeah, they'd react the same. Everyone reacts because everyone who hears it for the first time has never heard it before, and they all they, almost everybody reacts in the same way. Okay. I'm, I think I'm knocking it out of the park on Mystery Hour today, and yet I sense that the people for whom I'm knocking it out of the park are not, they're not really properly appreciative. I'm talking about you, Jane. Uh, no, 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 thank you. Thank it's, you. it's an answer of, it's an answer of considerable beauty. I gave the other fella some actual box fresh Latin, and he went away all kind of year wives. This is the real deal, Jane. Yeah, no, I'm still thinking about it. Frequency <laughs> is the word I was looking for. It's the same frequency yeah. as a baby's cry or a human scream. That's why yeah. it happens. Okay. Okay. All right. Thank All right. you. Okay. Welcome Bye. again. I, again, I'm not. I'm not getting the love that I feel I deserve. I get loads of love for the two hours that we're talking about Brexit. I'm not getting any love at all during Mystery Hour. What's going on? I need love. Mohammed's in Harrow. Mohammed, question or answer? Afternoon, James. Thanks for taking my call. It's a question. Yes. Uh, the question is, why are the sinks smaller in disabled toilets than usual? Because you only ever use it one at a time. 
Is that the answer? Oh, uh, no. That's no. I'm, go- I'm, being, I'm, I'm leaving that on the board. Why do you want to know? I just need to know because every time I use the civil toilet, the sink is too small and I need to know. Somebody should answer me this question. Uh, uh, have you got very large hands? <laughs> Not really. <laughs> and are you disabled, if you don't mind me asking? Yes, I am, yeah. Okay. I just want to clarify that before we opened up a whole box of controversy that we don't need. No, no, and, 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 do, and do you find it restrictive, the size of the sink in the average disabled toilet? You know what I do? I do find it really difficult because, yeah. you know, if it's not fair, you just make the whole floor, it's just basically horrible, wet, everything. That's no okay. fun, is it? I imagine the answer is that they get away with the smallest that they can according to building regulations, but I'm going to leave it on the board because I've been a bit cocky today trying to answer everything. Why are the sinks in Mohammed's disabled toilet so small? Um, and what can we do about it? 25 minutes after 12 is the time. John is in Burton. John, question or answer? Hi, um, it's a steward's collaboration, I would call it. Oh, oh very um, diplomatic. Yes, carry on with yeah. your steward's collaboration. Um, basically, regarding the ducks and ducks standing on ponds, I'd like to talk about penguins, if I may. Rete um, mirabile, mate. Rete mirabile. Yeah, um, me no speak of Latin. Um, okay, so basically, what I'm... Uh, what I'm thinking is, you, you went on to talk about restricting of blood flow and kind of the capillary action and all that sort of no, thing. No, I never used any of those words because they're too technical. All I talked about was some, I might have said capillaries actually, but some like mm. tiny, tiny veins um, mm. pumping blood around much faster than the big veins so that the warm blood from the heart can make its way to where the cold blood in the big veins is and, and make sure that nothing ever freezes. I might, I might have to upgrade it to an inquiry then. Oh, uh, come what, on then, that's okay. fighting what, talk. What the, there, there are two two mechanisms which basically are involved. There's the one where it restricts blood flow to um, to the feet because obviously they're cold and they don't want too much blood going there. But that's penguins. Uh, it's a very similar thing in most, among most avian species. Mirabile rete rete mirabile ducks. He was asking about. Okay, but well, the point is, they have kept what they have in, inside the lakes. They have a, a vein going down which contains warm blood and a vein going down which contains hot blood. Uh, sorry, a vein going back up that contains hot blood. And what we've got is a countercurrent heat exchange which transfers the uh, like at the top of one it transfers the heat from one side to the other, and at the bottom of the other one it transfers cold blood from the other side to the other one. So the hot blood by the time it gets down there is probably only two or three degrees. Yes, and then warm blood transfers from the other uh, from that one to the other one. I think that sounds more right than I was, but I was right. How was a degree of... Uh, yeah, a degree of right now. Let's show, but I'm going to give you a round of applause, because I've been hogging them myself. But I, 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 to be honest, I think if, if you haven't been paying attention, if you say stuff in Latin, you're just right and you get unchallenged. Mm, it, do, it does help a little. I try that sometimes. Yeah, I'm, mea uh, culpa. Yeah, that's why every, almost every animal has a Latin classification. Very true. Round of applause. What are your qualifications? Yeah. What, what, what do you need qualifications? Um, I, I, I have a marine biology degree, but I've also read a book by a new scientist, which is entitled Why Don't Penguins' Feet Freeze? And, yes, uh, I would we, we've tried, we've tried to get design. through the whole of this question without anybody mentioning that, and you've just blown it in the mm. final hurdle. Uh, well, I'm sorry, I would recommend it, but I didn't... It's a, it's I a very, very good book. It's a very good book. Mm. Natalie is in Dagenham. Natalie, question or answer? Question. Yes? Where does the saying, fast asleep, come from? The same place as stuck fast comes from. Just oh, mean. I don't know, I've never heard of that one. Rubbish. <laughs> what was it? Stuck fast. You're stuck fast in that hole, you are. Stuck fast. Stuck, as in stuck, yeah. stick, stuck, stuck, yeah. fast. I've never heard of that. You, how old are you? 44. You have lived for 44 years in these islands and you've never heard the phrase stuck fast? No. 
stuck. Yeah, I'm stuck. Yeah, stuck fast. If you're really stuck, 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 if you're really stuck, what are you? You're stuck fast. Well, how are you fast? How can you be stuck fast? It's, it doesn't mean fast as in quick. It's a, it's an old English word with a different meaning. It means it's closest thing to very. So if you're asleep, you're asleep. If you're fast asleep, you're very asleep. If you're stuck... You're not your sando. What? If you're fast asleep, yeah. you're sando. Not fast asleep, you're sando. You're sando? Yeah. Well, I don't know what that means. <laughs> See, I didn't know what that fast meant. What, what, sando? Sando. Oh, as in sound asleep? Yeah. Yeah, well, sound asleep and fast asleep mean the same thing. But what part of it is fast? It means very. It's Anglo-Saxon. Oh, so that's not a good question, then, is it? It's a brilliant question. It's an even better. It's an even better answer. To think, think of another one. Is there another one? Oh, there's three people working on this program. I'm doing all the heavy lifting myself. Stuck fast, fast asleep. Oh. Another use of fast, meaning extremely or very, that Natalie might have come across in her 44 years on this earth. Come on, help me out. Come then. on, help her out. Help a lady out. Fast, anyone? <laughs> fast, fast. Right. I like that. Steadfast. No, that doesn't no. work. No, Stop saying that. silly words. In You've never heard of steadfast? What are the schools like in Dagenham? I grew up in Walthamstow. Bloody terrible. <laughs> Give her a round of applause. <laughs> <Yay>! <laughs> she didn't even ring in with an answer. It's coming up to half past twelve. Um, I can't remember the name of the lovely chap who studies. He hasn't been at his books as much lately. I think he's been busy with work. But the, there is a lovely bloke who studies um, ancient English languages, British languages. He'll know. But I think I was right. Uh, number you need, 03456060973. If you've got a question or if you can any, answer any of the questions about Mohammed Sink, uh, Ellie's Bad Breath, Collins Sky Sports, or maybe that, that last question about Fast. Yeah, that's on the board as well. You're listening to a podcast of James O'Brien from LBC. The mystery hour continues apace. Um, bad Breath, halitosis. Ellie and her boyfriend have identical diets and identical dental hygiene regimes. Why does she wake up with a mouth like the bottom of a birdcage? 03456060973. Mohammed, who is disabled, I think I've worked this one out. Uh, I should have asked you what your disability was. Wants to know why the sinks in disabled toilets are always so small. And that, that word fast, that was really interesting, actually. I hope someone does ring in to improve upon my answer. Um, I didn't take a round of applause on it. I gave a round of applause to the lady that asked the question because she was ace. But um, that, that stays on the board as well. 03456060973 if you can answer any of them. And, of course, the mystery of Colin's football viewing. Uh, Graham's in Southgate. Graham, question or answer? Steve Hyatt's uh, answer. Carry on, mate. It's um, the dots on the left-hand side of... TVs um, is normally a cue uh, for an advert, um, so that they you know, don't have to. No, that's not what he meant. You're, I mean, you're right, but that's not what he was talking about. He was talking about a twelve-digit number. It's a series of colours and numbers. No, the twelve-digit number is. I mean, I know what it is now because someone's emailed me. Get ah. Leon quickly. Can we get Leon in? Stock? I mean, no offence, mate, because I understand what you mean. That it used to be a, 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 an indicator to the gallery that there was an advert coming up or, or, yeah. or, or that kind of thing, but that's not what he was talking about. Largely because he was talking about football, which is the longest stretch... On the bottom on right, yeah, uh, which on. is typically um, uh, just a, you know, uh, on, on Sky, for example, um, it's just a sign that uh, this is protected. That's the pint pot. Yeah. Yeah, that, again, it's a 12-digit number. He wants to know why it pops up on his screen while he's watching the football. 
He's got a smart TV. It's not. It's not. I know. I know the answer. I know, I've, I, I'm going to leave it on the board, mate. Thank you. Thank you for playing. I was about to say, but no cigar. John's in Reading. John, question or answer? A uh, question. Uh, so it's a war question. <laughs> okay. Uh, right. Uh, I was looking for a historian to answer this. Do so you always see like the? Uh, oh, sorry, I've got an echo in the background. That's right. Um, um, like the Napoleon Wars, and you see like the, um, the musket like on right lines firing against each other in battle. Yeah. And in between, you see like the musicians like on either side playing the musician uh, the pipers. Playing the music. Yeah. yeah. Or the drummers. The question is, were, was there an amnesty not to fire each other's musicians? Oh, I like that. Uh, uh, so uh, you got. So well, we've only ever seen reenactments of these ancient battles, of course. We, we, we've never actually seen them in reality. But if they're if they're done um, fairly accurately, then is there a special deal for for the musicians that they don't get blown up? Yeah, it's a nice question. I like it a lot, actually. I, I mean, yeah, yeah. We've all seen it. We've all seen enough to recognise the pertinence of the question. Flag bearers, I mean, capturing, capturing the flag was like a big deal in battle, but more so, more so in the era of hand-to-hand combat, more so in the pre-gunpowder, wasn't it? Uh, post-gunpowder, you still have pageantry, but why don't they get blown up first? Maybe they did. Maybe it, was, maybe it was a really rubbish job. Maybe they get in close combat, they hit each other with flutes, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Trumpet round the back of the head. 12.39 is the time. Help John out. Musicians in, in battles. Special treatment, 03456060973. Paul's in Sheffield. Hello, Paul. Question or answer? Good morning, James. I hope it's an answer for you. Let's find out. The, uh, the lady with the bad breath. Oh, you're a nurse, if memory serves. Yes, but I've always had, I've had this condition as well. Oh, dear. Uh, yeah, and it's, it's to do with something called VSC, and it's uh, volatile sulfur compounds. Yeah, me. And brushing really just, it helps, and mouthwash, it just helps to mask it, really. We've got to get a specialist mouthwash. And so if, you, if you've got it. it, there's not a lot you can do about it. It's not to do with diet or dental hygiene. It's, it's bad no. luck. Vol- volatile yeah. sulfur compounds. Yes, but the good news is there is a product out there to help. Uh-huh. And I, won't, I won't mention it, obviously. But it's, Why not? It's well, it's, a, it's an unflavoured mouthwash. Go on, what's it called? Um, I can't remember. You're being all coy then. Being all, oh, I'm gonna, oh, I know how commercial radio works. I, if I mention anything, uh, any proprietary brand name, then James will be duty-bound to say something like, other brands are available. You were just covering up the fact that you couldn't remember your big Jesse. I'm really sorry, That's James. quite all right. You've caught me out. That's all right. But I think you're right, because you've reminded me of, a, of an odd episode from my youth, Paul. Would you like to hear it or not? Your call. I, was, I certainly would. I, I was at the English Speaking Union International Public Speaking Awards, and I was representing the United Kingdom, having become the national champion. And there was a... I con- think I was there, James. Are you being serious? No. <laughs> and there was a Canadian girl there who was absolutely gorgeous. I mean, you would not believe how pretty she was. I was about 16, 17 at the time. And she invited me and my mate Sam out for dinner afterwards. And so we told our housemaster that we were, because um, we were down in London from school, we went out for dinner. About halfway through dinner, it became clear, inexplicably, that she'd taken quite a serious shine to me. This beautiful, beautiful Canadian girl. But she had breath that you wouldn't believe. And it was. Like what? Breath like a lion. Breath like a lion, mate. And it seemed yeah. so unfair. And she obviously knew that she had a condition because she was chomping yeah. in between courses on cinnamon-flavoured chewing gum. So I can't remember her name, but my God, I hope she's found that mouthwash you can't remember the name of, Paul. It's, all I can say, James, it's 
now it's widely available. Widely. So if you go into Boots or any other chemist... You'll, you'll, <laughs> yeah, you've got it. And I'm not going to do it, but I think I'll second-guess your disabled one as well. But yeah, I, I, I think, I, I, think I have as well. Let's go. Yeah. Boom. Thank you, please. Thank you. Shams is in the city. Shams, what's going on? Question or answer? Hi, James. Go on, mate. Uh, the tweet show that you had on today. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> mate, it takes all sorts. It's International Women's Day. Be kind. Anyway, okay. I'm a very arrogant yeah. little man. You arrogant little man. It's like Anton Deck during the last time. He's a very little man. He's an arrogant little man. Carry on, Shams. What have you got oh, for no, me? That, that made my week. Yeah, uh, anyway, just... um, my daughter's studying art uh, at school. Uh, oh, she right. came home and she said... Um, that before the Renaissance, they couldn't draw with the perspective. I, all the paintings and everything is very flat, if you yeah. have a look. Yeah. Uh, but during the Renaissance, they discovered that you could draw with, with a perspective, i.e. the buildings disappearing into, uh, into the horizon, etc. Um, I thought, wonderful, great, uh, she's learnt something. Then I sat back and asked her, well, hang on, how did they draw the pyramids and all the buildings prior to that, prior to the Renaissance, if no one could draw with a perspective? Does that make sense? Mm, up to a point... And the point? I'm not sure. <laughs> well, if you look at the Well, no, because I, I was about to say that the Dark Ages saw us forget a lot of stuff, and the Renaissance was, the, was, the, was what came out of the back of the Dark Ages. But then I was about to think about Egypt, because you mentioned the pyramids, and they were just still doing flipping hieroglyphics and cave paintings, and yet at the same time they meant, oh, no, it's because aliens built the pyramids, mate. <laughs> no, but... If you look at the paintings and the drawings prior to the Renaissance, they are very flat. There is... Um, everything's flat. Uh, faces, houses, it, even the uh, the tapestry, the bone tapestry. There's no perspective to anything prior to that. So, no, but you don't need a perspective. You don't... You just, I just say that we're going to build a whopping great pyramid, mate. And you say, what's a pyramid? And I say, well, imagine a square, right? And well, then each... Okay, then how do you draw... How, yeah, okay, but you've got to visualise it, haven't no, you? No, I don't. I'm, I'm just, just going to tell all the slaves what to do. Go and get me some bricks, stick that one there, boom, bang, bosh. You've got a kind of early prehistory foreman... Site foreman, you mind? You need pictures of a pyramid. It's a fairly straightforward shape. Uh, no, no, it's not okay. The pyramids may be one thing. What about the churches and the other places of worship? Uh, the great. So, were architects doing Christ. stuff that artists couldn't do? Is the and that seems unlikely? And the question takes a whole new life then. Okay, well, thank you, James. Well, for, I, I like um, it. I, I'll always be in your debt, Shams. You know that, mate. Can we not? Can we just move on? No, of course, of course we can. Yeah, you're so lucky that happened before everything I did go started going viral. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Otherwise, that, I'm not going to say any more than that. All right. All right. Cool. All right. Wasn't called Bob. What? No. Twelve forty-four is that? That is niche. That is niche. I tell you now. Let's get a, a, an answer to that question for Shams's daughter. Why? If pre-Renaissance all drawings were in two dimension, how did they design or build buildings? I like that question because I think it will admit quite an interesting answer, but sometimes when I say that out loud, it all goes horribly wrong. Lee's in Stoke-on-Trent, just to kick, kick away that question, I think, about Colin's um, television viewing habits. What have you got, Lee? Um, yeah, so the ten-digit number or whatever it is up in the corner, um, it's to um, trap people who might be unscrupulously putting it on um, the internet. So it's your viewing card number, which means if you did put it on the internet, they'd be able to, to actually find you immediately, and it stops you from doing streaming or... Um, Absolutely, similar. yeah. And 
Yeah, and also you you touched upon it when you were speaking to the gentleman. The pint glass in the in the bottom corner when you go into a pub. Um, I've read about pubs that have actually been um, prosecuted yeah. because they've used a domestic subscription rather than a business subscription. Yes, same here, actually. I, I, and um, it can be quite a big chunk of change for, for a pub that's already struggling mm-hmm. to, to meet its financial obligations. Um, what are your qualifications, Lee? Uh, to be honest, it was something that I'd noticed myself, so went away and looked up and uh, then felt rather guilty because I, I've, been, I've been guilty of that in the past. Not since I've had a Sky subscription, I have to say. So you had <laughs> so, been guilty it? in the past of posting stuff online that you'd kind of nicked no, off the No, t- no, no, no. no. I, I've, I've been guilty of watching it. I've not been guilty of... Um, of, uh, oh, okay. Well, I, I wouldn't right. know how to, James. No, nor would I, mate. Seriously, I still struggle to program the video recorder. Well played, mate. Round of applause for you. You're listening to a podcast of James O'Brien from LBC. Cracking on with mystery. Our questions still in need of answers um, include the... Well, the, wh- wh- why do we use the word fast in the context of being asleep or stuck? Um, 03456060973. Did armies of yore give a free pass to the Pipers? Because when you see them reenacted or, or portrayed on film... It's a little confusing that people who are playing music seem to be spared the full brunt of, of enemy fire. Is there a kind of convention in place? I can't believe I've never thought about that before. And why are sinks in disabled toilets so small? Although that one, I think, is quite obvious when you stop and think about it. Uh, 12.51 is the time. And finally, the question about why, um, if 3D, if perspective was uh, discovered during the Renaissance in the context of paintings that had a three-dimensional effect as opposed to a two-dimensional effect. How come they could build buildings? Again, that one, um, now that I think about it, no offence to Shams, it becomes a little clearer. Grant's in Twickenham. Grant, question or answer? Answer, please. Carry on, Grant. Um, it's the quite obvious uh, answer about the toilet. Yeah. The wheelchair can get around easier. And also, because if you're in a wheelchair, you, you don't want a massive sink because you might not be able to reach the taps. And, and obviously they're lower. Yeah. yeah and so so Mohammed's obviously got a disability that doesn't involve a wheelchair, and he's been puzzling yeah. about a disabled toilet without having a little think about whether it might have something to do with the sign on the outside. Exactly. <laughs> Qualifications? Uh, I'm a plumber. That'll do. 12.52. Uh, Mickey is in Blackburn. Mickey, question or answer? Hi, James. How are you doing? Oh, good, mate. What's on your mind? Good. It's an answer to the fast question. Oh, good. Well, potentially. Right, so... Potentially? Potentially is the enemy of Mystery Hour, Mickey. (laughs) Right, potentially. Stead actually means to play something. Yeah. So maybe in old English, fast actually meant solid. So to be steadfast is... Is placed solid. It, it, it did. It meant it meant like secure. I thought it meant very, yeah. but but it, it is because you yeah. say hold fast, stand fast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's solid. So I think it's actually been colloquialised to mean fast, as in rapid, just like we use uh, sharp to mean fast. If you think of fasten as the root yeah. of fast, then you get a better understanding of what you're saying, don't you? Because you you fasten something, you make it secure, and after it's been fastened, it is fast. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Great work. I think you've done it, but all you've really done is benefited from the fact that I've worked it out from emails, and you've... I don't think so. Really? I disagree with that. I wasn't even listening to you. (laughs) (laughs) Give him a round of applause. (laughs) 
<laughs> That's two people that have made me laugh out loud in the last five minutes. One on air and one off air. The one off air was in response to, rather than the actual question itself, which made me smile. How, how do you open? I know it's a bit late, Charles said. Um, but how do you open a corned beef tin when the key's missing? I'm starving here. And Emma replied, prayer, failing that, use a blowtorch or a Viking. Car- See, Twitter is like an attendant. It's like a red button on the programme now. So Twitter, I mean, obviously you have to wade through some very odd people on there if you haven't, as I have, uh, been able to block or mute them yet. But generally speaking, on my feed, rather than the LBC one, it's like an, uh, a kind of running commentary. A, an adjunct is the word I'm looking for to the programme proper. Carl's in County Durham. Carl, question or answer? It's an answer, James. Carry on, Carl. It's still with the drummers? Uh, yes. Do do they? Why don't they get shot? Um, well, it's for the films, they would have been kept alive, but in days of yore, they're high-value targets. Uh, the drummers would beat out the commands on the battlefield, so you would look to take them out first to limit the communication within the armies. So, uh, so what about pipers, though? Because drummers serve a military purpose. Um, well, pipers, they also they were stretcher bearers as well. So there was no special dispensation for them at all? No. Qualifications? Uh, there, there, well, there was one. Uh, it was at the Battle of Waterloo, and it was a French drummer boy, and he was spared because he was eight years old. Flipping it. And that was one of the farms that the French were trying to take in the middle of the Waterloo. This is lovely. And, what, what are your qualifications? I studied Battlefield Archaeology at university. Did you? I did. As an undergraduate? Yeah, well, I'm, I've graduated now. No, I know, but that was the whole degree, was battlefield archaeology. No, it was a module. I did historic archaeology. I did human bones and battlefield archaeology. Wow. How did you find out about that when you were in the sixth form? Um, well, I, well, I didn't. I went as a mature student. Oh, fantastic. I think it's wasted on the young, a university. I wish I could go oh, now. I'd love to go again. I'd love to go now, do something, and pay some yeah. flipping attention, but they'd repossess my house by the weekend. <laughs> Give him a round yeah, of. Yeah, give yeah. him a round of. Have you managed to employ your degree in in, in working life, or is it is it just a, a, a end in itself? Not, no, there's no real work for battlefield archaeologists. <laughs> Not particularly. No. <laughs> after Brexit, <laughs> mate. After Brexit. <laughs> One day. <laughs> <laughs> it's precisely the sort of industry that we can use to replace. Some of the business that we're currently doing with the largest thing. No, not during Mystery Hour, James. Give everyone a plate. Uh, Phil's in Preston. Phil, question or answer? Well, it, it's a bit of a controversy. I, I missed a bit of the programme, so... Why? I just heard you asking... No, 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 no. Why? Why are families? They don't let you in. Uh, all right. Go on. All right. Uh, the, the thing that you asked about fast, and it was something I looked at a few years ago, because my, our lass, my missus, uh, is, has a very, very heavy... The accent from South Yorkshire. Right. And her language is littered with these, by those, and she will term you to be asleep as being fast on. Yeah. Um, and I looked at this because our area over there, I'm in North Lincolnshire, South Yorkshire area, heavily influenced by the Norse and the Vikings. Yes. Um, so I looked this up, and it is Old Norse, and it sort of means like um, very or, or vigorously. So <laughs> if you are. If you if if you were to pull your cloak around you, you would hold it. But if you wanted it properly there, you would fasten it. Yes. So that it would fast. So if you so, it's not very. It's, it it means secure. It, well, I think it means. I think it really means um, muchness. 
I, I no, it doesn't. It do, I've, I've been sent all sorts of links. You're on the right lines, and you're right to say that it's Norse, but but right. it, but it, it is it is that use of the word fasten is what 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 pins it down, not as a very or a much, which is what I originally thought, but as a safe or secure or sound. Yeah, sound would be running securely, can you? If you it's no, but it's. It, I don't know that the two words are linked. Well, uh, well, well. You see, I looked it up in a brewer's book. I think that it was in the charity shop in our village. I wish it bought it. Uh, Wayne in Basildon's uh, got a copy. You can borrow his. He, he, he got about six rounds of applause a few years ago because he went out and bought brewers. Yeah, but does it, is that brewer's book? Is it just fairies and fable, or is it entomology? The, uh, I think it's got a bit. It's a while since I opened it, but it, it, oh. it, 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 I think it does entomology as well. Well, it, no, it oh, would do because it's, it's well, it's origins of phrase and fable. Yeah, so you could do, look yeah, up yeah. stuck fast or hold fast, but it may not have <laughs> fast in there as <laughs> a answer. But you've got. I mean, I'm not going to give you a round of applause either. Oh, well, oh well, yes, I am for the Norse so bit. No, you can have it for the Norse bit. Oh, thank you. There you go. Sandra's in Worcester Park. Last word, Sandra. Question or answer? Oh, hello. It's an answer. Carry on, Sandra. Um, It's about the idea of perspective drawing being uh, formalised in the Renaissance and how come they built pyramids without the aid of perspective drawing. Yes. Well, uh, an architect doesn't work with perspective drawing. No, I just realised that. Works with plans, works with elevations. And they will only do a perspective drawing to sell the idea to a customer. It's no use to the builders. No, they work on plans and elevations, which they can read, and presumably even in pyramid days, they had plans and elevations, and they did not need to draw perspective yeah. drawings. And, and they had bossy foreman. And they had a very bossy foreman, and he could read the plans, and without the very clever plans, he couldn't have built the pyramids. So that is why, as, a, as, a, as an aesthetic entertainment, perspective and art met during the Renaissance, prior to that, as a functional practice, you were perfectly capable of planning a building without putting it into 3D. <laughs> perspective drawing either attempts were made at drawing things in perspective oh, yeah. the correct rules weren't formulated uh, okay until the renaissance qualifications um i'm a trained artist and i talk technical drawing did you notice that's a wonderful qualification and you'll get a round of applause and i'm late for <laughs> sheila fogarty but did you notice when shams and i were discussing the original question we accidentally engaged in some first class verbal jousting thinking of the answer. No, I didn't. He he said, do you know how to build a pyramid? And I said, up to a point. Oh, that's terrible. (laughs) Round of applause for Sandra. (laughs) (laughs) And that's it from me for another day. two dad jokes Come on. How do you build a pyramid up to a point? That's brilliant. But it was an accident. Yesterday (laughs) was not. Here's Sheila Fogarty. (laughs) Okay. Crashing my show. James. If you enjoyed this podcast, hear James O'Brien live every weekday morning from 10, only on LBC.